As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. I mean, no one plans to get sick. And yet, here we are. My name is Matthew Zachary. A quarter century ago, I was given six months to live with a diagnosis of terminal brain cancer. For more than 15 years, I've been ranting and raving on the air about stupid cancer and now stupid healthcare, and I'm just getting warmed up. So let's all go make healthcare suck less together because you know what? We're all out of patience. Hey, that's the name of the show. Hey, folks, welcome back to Out of Patience. Got a really cool show today. I'm going to talk to the brain trust behind Frunetta, which is a company that's disrupting the vitamin market. I know that sounds weird, but they're really doing it, and I'm excited to share that with you. Or maybe it's not so weird. I don't know. You tell me. Anyway, they have vitamins that are sublingual, which means they go under the tongue. You don't swallow them, which gets them into your bloodstream way more quickly and efficiently than normal vitamins do. They're made from simple, all-natural stuff. We know that we don't want cancer-causing things in our products. We've talked about that ad nauseum on the show. Anyway, the company's founder, Dr. Ali Alavai, invented all of this because he wanted to help his son, who had a major nutritional deficiency related to his autism. Joining him is Tanya Skazinski, who's a sales executive who joined Vernetta as chief revenue officer after the product boosted her energy levels and improved her quality of life. What we talk about is less about the product and more about what the hell is in the vitamins these days? Do we really know? Do they work? Is it okay to toss out your daily? All that and more today on Out of Patience. Enjoy the show. Tanya, Ali, welcome to Out of Patience. We're here to talk about Vitamin WTF, there's all sorts of insane stuff to break down, and I'm so excited to have met you. For the listeners, we connected a couple of weeks ago, and I was so fascinated by their journey, their stories, what they're bringing to market, how they're presenting this incredible story, and uh, it's just a pleasure to welcome you to the show. Thank you, Thank Matthew. You We're us. excited to be on. I want to start with Ali. You are an MD. And I think the privilege of being an MD is when someone asks, is there a doctor in the house? You actually can say yes. I actually always felt like it was good when I wanted to get a restaurant reservation. Yeah, because, you know, <laughs> versus the PhDs, I'm not a real doctor. You get to say I am a real doctor. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> What's your practice in? What's your specialty? I'm a surgeon and my specialty is a robotic uh, urological surgery. So I do mostly cancers and treatments of male anatomy, sometimes female. Okay. That's pretty intensive. Yeah. It feels sometimes. So you can say I'm a pecker checker. You know what? There you go. So, <laughs> so you're a pecker checker. I like I am. it. I like it a lot. I am. I am. I consider myself the stream team. <laughs> you had me a pecker checker, but I'll take stream team. Tanya, you. how do you put up with this? It's great because I use his medical degree since I don't have one. So I 
am able to translate everything that he says medically into things that people can understand. And then when it gets too deep on the medical side, I pull him in and it's great. I was reading your LinkedIn profile because I tend to stalk people that way before the show. You are like a superhero in sales. The industries that you've done sales in are so antithetical to each other. <laughs> Fitness, automotive, insurance, like, like, is there one unified theory of sales? I'm just curious. So that's the crazy part that led me to this journey. Basically, I've always been a health and fitness advocate. Like I've just really been into that. It's just what, it's what drives me and I'm very passionate about it. And so for me, you know, you can only train so many people at a gym and you're going to only make so much money. So my passion really, there was really no way to make money at my passion. So I built all of that you know, sales background in different industries. And part of it was just, I, I started off in sales. I started with Mercedes Benz, which is top of the line. And that's usually, that's kind of what our, our product is top of the line. And I always go for that, but I had no background in sales prior to, and I was in the top. So I didn't know if that was an anomaly. So I said, let me just test this out and I'll try different things in different industries. And part of the reason that I did move out of the automotive industry is because I loved it. I ended up there as a finance director, but it doesn't uh, allow for a marriage too well. Mm. So I worked crazy hours. So that's why I switched into, you know, the mortgage, but I've always kind of stayed in the financial industry. What I was passionate about was health and, and wellness. So this journey where it led me here has been incredible because I've gotten to take everything that I've learned from everything in the past and really pour all of that in and add passion on top of it. So it's been a crazy wild ride and, and I love it. I'm sure there's more human purpose and satisfaction doing what you're doing now than pushing SLKs and whatever the GLA models are for Benz, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I'm, I'm completely out of that. I've been out of that for a while, but yes, for sure. Ali, I couldn't help but notice that in addition to being a doctor, it said aerospace engineer. You need to tell me about this. Consider me a super geek and super geeks have to like try to accomplish things. And the first thing I did was aerospace engineering and it was my passion. And I really, really enjoyed it. But when I graduated, the funny thing is my best professor was my closest friend. His name was Professor Glassman. He was a professor of rocket and propulsion at uh, Princeton University. And he always told me, Ali, you're not a typical engineer. You like to talk. You like to be friends. You like to take care of people. You like to help people. He's like, have you ever thought about medicine? And at that time, that was the most far-fetched thing from my mind. I'm like, medicine? I'm like, I don't want to be like memorizing things. And he told me, no, no, medicine is very different than just memorizing things. You can help people. And I'm like, okay. And that's how I ended up in medicine. So it was thanks to Dr. Glassman. And he is a PhD. So did having a background in the aerospace engineering help you understand medicine better? I feel it did because when I went to medical school, I th looked at things in a different way uh, because engineering, especially aerospace, is all about preventing things from happening. And the first year of medical school, I realized medicine is asked backwards because in engineering, the whole purpose, the whole time, we're trying to plan for bad things not to happen. But in medical school, I spent nine months evaluating cadavers and pathology, which is basically after everything has happened. And 24 hours, literally 24 hours, on nutrition and vitamins. That was my first year. And I'm like, okay, these guys are really into, I don't know what it is, but it's got to come out kind of thing. <laughs> so one thing I know my listeners really like to understand of my guest is 
what's our stake in the game? Why are we doing this? Have we gone through what I always call the the shit happens store of experiencing things that we never really asked for? We had to get through that invented like, oh, I can be an advocate now, too, for these things. Tanya, would you like to talk about that? What I learned is I didn't take vitamins. I actually couldn't take vitamins. They made my stomach really upset. I'd forget to take them. So I'd spend all this money and have a whole pantry full of vitamins that were just not being used at all. And so I just kind of gave up on vitamins and thought I was doing all the right things for my diet. And like I said, I eat well. I'm very into you know a workout schedule and exercising and whatnot. And then I found out that my D level was very low. It was at a 29. And so that last 5, 10 pounds, you just can't get off and you're trying everything and you've worked out like a mad woman and you're eating properly and nothing's happening. Well, I think part of that attributed to having my low D level. Somebody was telling me how that could make a difference. So I knew Ali. He was my urologist at the time and we had known each other over the years. And so he was telling me that he was trying to um, bring something to the market that he was helping his son with. At first, he said he wanted to meet with me because he had this thing that he needed help with in sales. So I was like, okay. And then my girlfriend's like, oh, Tanya, what did you get yourself into? <laughs> what if he's like, his practice is slow and he wants you to sell like these MLM schemes? And I'm like, oh gosh, I hope not. So then he said vitamins and I said, please don't say Juice Plus or something like that. <laughs> not that they're bad. I just didn't want to be a part of an MLM with him. And so it wasn't that. So I was quite excited about that. But what ended up happening was I took these and I said, well, let me see if this Fernada thing that he just introduced to me is makes any difference. So I took it for two months and I had Matthew like this crazy good energy. I didn't know what was happening to me and all the stars were aligning and I was like, oh my goodness, what is happening? Am I going to crash? Like, you know how you feel really good and you're like, okay, when is the crash coming? And it didn't. And then I told them, I said, can you test me because my D level was low? Can you write me a lab slip to see if it's changed? Because something I've lost, you know, over 10 pounds. I feel crazy good. Those stubborn pounds are off of me. I don't know what's going on. And he did. And my D level, unbeknownst to both of us, we were shocked, came back at a 91. I had tried 15,000 IUs for 21 days and reduced it to 1,000. And I was like, wow, this is incredible. So it was kind of that that started me. And my husband's 15 years older than me, and he was told by his doctor, and he's the same as I am as far as health and eating well, and probably even a little bit better than I am. But he was told he was borderline diabetic and that he had high cholesterol. So we changed his morning breakfast routine and then incorporated these. And in the last two years, he's had the best blood labs ever. So I don't get behind things unless I 100% know that they work. There's a lot of marketing gimmicks and things of that nature. And what really excited me is, like I said, all of those years of sales and marketing, I mean, this that I'm getting into more is on the branding side, which I absolutely love, but it's always been hard working for companies because there's a certain way they want you to position it or whatever. And I love that we're just transparent. That's what our brand's all about is being transparent, using minimal ingredients and things like that. So I just love that I can be so passionate about this and unapologetic. Like I don't have to say, oh yeah, I'm sorry, we use these nasty chemicals in there or whatnot. That lights me up. And they invited me to be a part of the company. So I couldn't be prouder, I guess. Well, we're going to get into anecdotal versus scientific and FDA, but you touched on something that is really important to get back to, which is that, you know, we're kind of all born of our own conditions. You mentioned Ali's son, and there's a genuine story behind this too. I'd love you to share what it was like to raise an autistic child and how this affected you as a doctor and as a medical practitioner. When my son was diagnosed with autism, it was very hard as in a personal level. 
But then getting over the personal level and my my own feelings, I was like, okay, so we now need to help this child. And one of the things we found out about autism in general is that it's a gut issue involved with autism. All autistic children have some sort of a gut issue. They call it the leaky gut, the toxic gut. And the, their intestines just doesn't work in any way possible. Doesn't get rid of toxins, doesn't they either are constipated or have diarrhea. And most important of all, they are a poor absorption. So my son's blood levels of vitamins were all abysmal, abysmal, even though we were giving him his multi and all that. And we had a hard time making him chew and swallow these things, but eventually we got him to do it. The doctor said, you got to bring it up. So I, when you walk into any pharmacy or any store, whatever is on the shelf, whether it is a vitamin drink, a tablet, a capsule, a gel cap, a gummy, or a powder you mix or even the lozenges that they claim are sublingual, all of them you have to chew, suck on, or whatever, and you basically have to swallow it, which means your intestine has to do all the work to absorb it. So every vitamin that was out there is pretty much the same thing, is the same route of absorption. And that was the problem with my son. So what had happened is I ended up having to give him injections. And after a year of injecting him and his buttocks looked like a bomb went off, I'm like, my child can't be the only one, and I can't be the only one suffering through this. And in medicine, we have excellent, excellent under the tongue, what we call sublingual drugs that we give all the time. So it's not like it's something unknown. It's just something that the vitamin industry has no interest in. And I'll get to that why. So this is how the whole thing started. I wanted to get my son healthier. And not only that, to give him the nutrients he needed, but not to give him the GMO, the coloring, the dyes, the artificial flavors, all the other stuff that his body didn't need and is actually bad for everyone, but is extremely bad for autistic children, which are very sensitive to it. So that's how my journey, my goal, I had no interest in starting another vitamin company. I had no interest in vitamins before my son was diagnosed. I actually, as I told you, in medicine, we're not even introduced to it that much. So that's how my journey began. So as a newly diagnosed caregiver <laughs> i'll put it that way yes having to now raise your son with this diagnosis did you encounter other parents as peer-to-peer groups of support and was this an existing ongoing conversation about managing the right nutrition to children with autism who face this congenital gut issue yeah Actually, autism is a much bigger problem these days, and there's many, many support groups. One out of every 44 children born is diagnosed with autism, which is astounding, and it's growing. And yes, there's multiple, especially in Southern California, there's multiple support groups and everything. But one thing that was clear to all of us is that whether you went to a regular doctor or a holistic doctor, and I went to both with my son, the vitamin deficiency was across the board in all of these kids. And other gut issues were also part of these kids. So probiotics, other things that needed, but vitamin deficiency was one of the top of the list and definitely an issue for a lot of the parents. Many of the parents were injecting their kids or rubbing, which for a skin absorption, which is not a very good thing because it gives you a lot of rash. So I wasn't the only one. And that's why I said, you know, why isn't this problem been addressed? It can't be that difficult. It was difficult, though, but I didn't know about it at that time. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Tanya and Ali, because there's way more to come. There's a lot more to talk about. We'll see you in a second after these ads. 
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. We're back and I have a very specific question for Tanya for you. I'm 48. I grew up when like, you know, we used to kill ourselves on playgrounds and now there's all these safety measures and we're fully aware of like trying not to die on a playground. But we're also now more aware of that. There's a lot of shit in the food we eat and the stuff we buy and the things we wear and the air we breathe. Why is there still shit in vitamins? That's a really good question, Matthew. I think a lot of it has to do with marketing. I mean, think about it. So we're the same age. We grew up and I'm sure you remember this. There was Flintstone vitamins in my cupboard. Oh, yeah. And they were good. Guess what? Yeah. And mom didn't buy any sugar in our household, very rarely. So I probably OD'd on Flintstone vitamins, unbeknownst to anybody, but I would eat those because they're the only little bit of sugar that I could get out of them. (laughs) Um, Think about this market space. You have all kinds of different vitamins. You have multivitamins for kids, for seniors, for men over 45, for men under 45, for women, you know, getting ready to go into menopause. So you have all of these different multivitamins. And we actually carried one because the market demanded that. And they kept asking, where's your multivitamin? And we did carry that for a period of time, but we got rid of it. Two reasons. One is B1 and B2 have a strong taste associated with them. So the people that were all about the clean label and all of that, they didn't mind it. But the people that were adverse to taste did mind it. So it was either a kind of a love-hate thing. But the bigger reasons, we never believed in it. And I'll tell you why we didn't believe in it. Because really, somebody like me, if I were taking a multivitamin, most multivitamins, the max they're going to have is 1,000 IU of D3. And somebody like me that is deficient in vitamin D, and by the way, I live in sunny Southern California. I have a second home that we visit in Arizona. So I'm out at the sunniest places, but yet I'm putting sunscreen on. So I'm not getting the proper level of vitamin D. And so what I learned from this whole thing is we kind of talked about it as a team and said, why are we creating a multivitamin when in theory people need to be working with their MD just like I did? I mean, my blood work was done unbeknownst to me with my medical practitioner. And I think Dr. Ali will hit on this in a little bit, but they're starting to do that now because they're noticing, like he said, so such a high number of autism and other type of chronic diseases. And 
there used to be a gentleman, Dr. John Canal, who's no longer practicing, but he had a vitamin D council website, which was amazing. But he talked about all these things linked to low vitamin D levels. So my point is, is that there's a lot of marketing. And when consumers really understand that if your insurance doesn't cover it, most will. You just work with your doctor and they'll code it properly. But I even know my mom and my niece have had a hard time getting the doctor to write that on their labs for the vitamin D to have it checked. And my niece is 24 and they kept telling her, oh, she doesn't need it. Well, she ended up begging them and she was at a 23, which is very low. The range is anywhere from 30 to 100. So really knowing what you need is the most important thing because in the multivitamins, there's certain things that can cancel other things out that shouldn't be taken together. And in my case, there was no way that multivitamin was going to bring up my level on my D3. Well, I mean- so if I had just been taking that, it wouldn't have helped. Ali, like we're living in an age where like we have to put wax on apples to make them look more desirable to buy in the supermarket. This is a stupid thing that only happens in this country because, you know, you go to Europe and food's food. So like vitamins have to be green and neon and really nice for you to buy them. Talk me through what still drives consumers to rinse and repeat. Yeah, consumers are becoming smarter, as you said. They're reading the panels. They're seeing, okay, I can't pronounce half these additives, but they're still buying it. So why is it that they're buying it? The industry is also smart. So they keep adjusting. So the industry throws in the words organic or this and that, trying to fool the customer and the consumer again. Our vitamins have additives, preservatives, colorings, dyes, artificial flavors for two reasons, maybe three. Reason number one, as you said, they add color number 40, which is a known carcinogen, just because you like the color red and you're happy with it. And it's a base color for a lot of gummy vitamins, but mainly is because you're used to buying candy and this is candy, but you're really not buying a candy. You're buying something to make you healthy. So you really don't need coloring. Second, the industry makes mass production. So certain things are added to make production easier. It is not healthy for you. It shouldn't be consumed and it shouldn't be in your body. But the industry is mass producing it. And many people, unfortunately, shop with their pocketbooks. As Tanya said, they sometimes buy a multivitamin because it's easier and is cheaper than buying three different vitamins that they actually need. But the most important reason the vitamins have all these additives, preservatives, colorings, dyes, all of these things, is because to protect the vitamin against your stomach acids. As I said, when you walk into an aisle of vitamins, whether you chew it or basically swallow it. All of them have to be swallowed and all of them have to survive your stomach acids. And for that reason, the vitamin industry produces a tank to protect the vitamin against your stomach acids, not necessarily to protect you. Many of the additives, preservatives, and colorings and dyes are unnecessary. And as you said, do we really need a vitamin? After all, this is not an antibiotic or a chemotherapy that you're willing to listen to the commercial you know, your eyeball may fall out, but ask your doctor if this is the right one for you. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing is, my wife always asks me, who is going to take that? I'm like, someone who's really sick and needs it. But vitamins are meant to prevent a problem. Hence, many people may not even need those vitamins. And as Tanya pointed out, if nature wanted us to take a multivitamin, there would be a multivitamin apple out there, but there isn't. I want you to debunk yes. something that they used to teach us in schools, sure. which is we've depleted the nutrients in our soil, so we have to replace them with multivitamins. Is that really true? Not really. Okay. But what it is true is that we don't eat a healthy diet. Mm -hmm. That is the truth. 
Because when you think of vitamin deficiency, you think of a third world problem. But if you look at the statistics, 40% of Americans are vitamin D3 deficient. Antonia touched upon D3 because D3 is not a vitamin. It's a pro-hormone. It is like testosterone and estrogen. Your every cell in your body needs it. And more importantly, after the advent of sunscreen, which is absolutely necessary, our only source of vitamin D absorption, which was the sun, has been taken away. Mm -hmm. And for that reason, many people have become third world problems with a first world country, unfortunately, because we never had these third world problems. We're not really adjusting to it. So yes, there are certain population groups that are in need of vitamin D3 or vitamin C because it is not part of their diets and they're not having a healthy diet and they're not getting sun exposure. So yes, it is becoming an issue that we need to address. And it is part of what they think an increase in immunological diseases. To give you an example, if you move from the equator towards Sweden, which the sun goes down faster and there's no sunlight, certain diseases increase. Inflammatory bowel diseases, autoimmune diseases, autism, asthma. At the same time, there is a correlation with vitamin D levels in those populations. The funny thing is, when you look at those same populations that have lived 10 to 15 years and because of movement to another country that's equatorial, those diseases reduce. So for that reason, I must say there is substantial evidence that yes, there is, especially in the elderly, especially in people that don't have healthy lifestyles, especially in people that are working indoors and not eating well and having coffee 10 times a day, vitamin deficiency is becoming an issue. So Ali, a bit of a, a hot seat question because WebMD as recently as last fall published this fairly popular clickbait article entitled Multivitamin Benefits Are All in Your Head, says study. Is there a response from the medical community writ large that there is actual data that proves that wrong in many, many cases? No, actually, uh, we are all in agreement. A multivitamin is probably an unnecessary vitamin in an adult who is not menstruating and who is not growing. So no, but a corollary, we are almost every time you go to the doctor now, they're testing your vitamin D, iron, folate, and B12. Why? Because we're going with the top deficiencies and, you know, medicine is expensive. So we try to do the easiest approach and those are the top four. And a multivitamin may not necessarily reduce the risk of those because as previously talked about, multivitamins are a misnomer. They put a little bit of everything and you may not absorb all of it. And that's the problem. For example, vitamin D and K are fat soluble. And when you drink your multivitamin with water, you may not absorb the fatty volume vitamins while you may only absorb the water soluble ones. The other problem is B12 is very difficult to absorb as we get older. You and I and Tanya will probably have a hard time absorbing B12 as efficiently as a 20 year old because we don't make the protein intrinsic factor that you need to absorb it. So a multivitamin is a no-go for me. But that article didn't say you don't need vitamins. It just basically said you don't need multivitamins. And we in the medical community agree. You need the vitamins your body is lacking. And that's why doctors are testing specific vitamins. And you should take those specific vitamins. Unless you're going to have children and all that. And that's different. That's a menstruating woman that's going to lose blood loss and is losing folate, B12, B6, iron. And that's a different person. But most adults don't need a multivitamin. Most adults need the specific vitamins their blood tests show they're low at. Does that answer your question? 
I love the answer. And I want to wrap the show with Tanya. So my listeners are obviously very health conscious and many have gone through the ringer, whether it's cancer, rare disease, lots of medical professionals listen to the show. The last thing we want to do is add things to our diet that can cause cancer. Hashtag red dye number 40 in M&Ms in 1982, whatever the hell that was. Give us the spin on Frunato, the company. This is not a showcase for the company itself, but I, I love what you're doing. I love the idea behind this. I'm surprised that this whole like put things under your tongue instead of digesting them in your stomach is a new idea. But it's nice to know what you're doing won't give you cancer. Great question. And let's phrase it this way too. Not all quote unquote sublingual or under the tongue are the same. And let me explain what that means. So when you are looking at putting something under your tongue, don't just think that you listen to this podcast and because you listen to this podcast, you should stick something under your tongue to get better absorption. First of all, we use very minimal ingredients. So it's a much tougher process, right? We have basically three ingredients on almost all of our products. And those three ingredients are very clean. We're talking about the actual vitamin itself, a minute amount of lactose, which is no proteins, no casein, and it's just the sugar side of the milk, okay? And then we're talking about the acacia gum, which is like maple syrup sat from a tree, okay? And so when you put that under your tongue, if you think about pushing those three ingredients through a strainer and you see it fall out the bottom, right? You're going to see a lot of fallout with just three ingredients, and that would be going into your bloodstream and absorbing. And if you took a whole bunch of different things, alcohol-based sugars, all these other things, they're going to have a different texture. And when you're pushing them through that strainer, what's going to happen is you're not going to get as much fallout because you're trying to push a lot of things through. That's kind of how our system works. So there's those three simple ingredients is going to give you that better absorption or bioavailability. So that's the difference. Why do I say you want to think about looking at some of the other ingredients? Because some of the other ingredients, like you mentioned, color number 40, known carcinogenic, some of the, you know, alcohol-based sugars and some of these other things that are in there, you don't want to put those under your tongue because those are going into your bloodstream directly. So when you put it under your tongue, the difference is your liver is no longer your first bypass. So that's why you don't want unnecessary added as preservatives, dyes, any of those things, because they're going to go into your bloodstream. And so that's really the biggest difference with us is that we've taken all of those things out. I call it more like a handcrafted cocktail versus uh, that syrup that's in the preservative jar or whatever. They can mass produce that and make a whole bunch, right? But those handcrafted cocktails are going to cost a little bit more, but they're going to taste a whole lot better and they're going to be better for you. All right, listeners. So while this has not been a formal product endorsement episode of Out of Patience, I do enjoy these products. We'll put a link to it in the description. I want to thank my guest, Tanya Skrzynski, the Chief Revenue Officer, and Dr. Ali Alavi, the Co-Founder and Chief Financial Officer of Frunata. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, Thanks Matthew. for having us. That's all for now. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, follow us on social, and tell all your friends to listen. Tell us what you'd like Matthew to cover in his next episode by leaving a message for us at 855-AUDIO-66, and we might just use it in a future show. Out of Patients is a product of Offscript Health. We are a healthcare engagement company built for patients and caregivers by patients and caregivers. Our executive producers are Matthew Zachary and Andrew McDowell. Our senior producer is Betsy Shepard. Our host is Matthew Zachary. It is recorded, mixed, and edited by Betsy Shepard. 
For advertising and media inquiries, email media at offscriptnot.com. That's media at offscript.com. For more information, visit offscript.com.